American football in Finland. The voice in your ears is perfect purpose, and this is American football in Finland. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Green. Chris, welcome to the show, man. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? It's great to be back. The AFF podcast is available wherever you listen to your podcast. We're currently available on more than 25 different platforms. The show is also available on our YouTube channel. Wherever you listen, be sure to rate us. Anything than less than five stars will tell us that you are a hater. It's first down. When we get a chance to start fresh and discuss whatever is on our minds. Chris. What's going on with you? Well, we've been gone for about a month, so update us on what you've been doing during our hiatus. Oh, well, man, you know, doing this and that, off on the school holidays now. I've been playing ball with my my team in, in the UK, the Bristol Aztecs, we're playing cricket, all sorts of sport going on. Um, we've just made the playoffs for the first time in 10 years, my back in Bristol, so... Crazy achievement for them. I'm absolutely stoked to be a part of that. Unfortunately, I missed the playoff game. I'm in Egypt on holiday. <laughs> but I'm hoping the guys get it done and, and we and we get we get the ball game on the third of September. So fingers crossed the boys get it done and I'm I'm sure they will. So it should be good. So you're you're gonna miss that, that game on the third of September? No, no. So I missed the playoff game, the semifinal on the twenty first okay. of August. Okay. And um, if they win that game, then we play the ball game on the third of September. So. Uh, okay. So, yeah, just tell them to win without you. Then you come in and get the, the ring at the end. Uh, who did that? Like uh, the running back from the L.A. Rams. What's the what's my guy's name? Uh, damn it, I can't remember his name. But you know what I mean. That's what I would do. I would let the team Sony Michelle. You want to about Sony Michelle? Nah, the other running back, the one that was supposed to be the starter. Oh, Cam Akers? Yeah, Cam Akers. Showed back up in the playoffs, did a little something-something, got a ring. That's what you got to do, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, um, for me, uh, I've I've been traveling Europe. Obviously, that's another reason why we haven't been doing the show is I've been out of this country. I was here for a few days, but I was in and out doing some work. Got to see. I went to Vienna for the first time. Went to Hamburg, Germany for the first time. That was pretty cool. And then did Finland and Sweden, places I've been before, but really went and saw some Europe over a two-week period. That was really fun for me. Once I got back here, weren't able to do the podcast because the Women's World Championships, I was a part of the crew that helped with covering that out there in uh, Vanta. So that was an interesting experience. Got to get back to writing, um, got to write some game reports for them, and that was really fun. So that's what I've been up to. And uh, that's first down. Okay, so we'll move to our first segment, which is Inside the Numbers. And this week, we're going to start, as we always do, with our top offensive performances. So I've got at the start, I've got Christian Powell. He had 32 carries for 196 yards on the ground with two TDs. And he also had one reception in the air for 10 yards and a TD. And he was one of one in passing for 28 yards on some weird scramble play where he just decided to throw the ball, which was quite interesting. Uh, Sebastian Sanye of the Helsinki Wolverines, he had four catches for 157 and two TDs. 
And then last up, I've got Brandon Gwinner, who was 14 of 32. He did throw a pick, but he was 215 yards through the air of three TDs. And he also had 14 carries for 97 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Defensively, we've got Emmett Gooden of the uh, Senayoki Crocodiles. He had two solo tackles, two assists, and two and a half sacks. We've got Henry Nordstrom of the United Newland Crusaders. He had six solos, seven assists, 2.5 TFLs, one fumble, one fumble recovery, and one sack. And then we've got Peter Anderson of the Cockler Eagles. He had two solos, one PBU, and he had one ginormous pick six, which went 99 yards to the crib. Offensively, we'll look at the best team performances of the week. Passing yards, we had a tie. We had the UNC Crusaders and the Helsinki Wolverines, both sat on 266 yards. I think it's the first time we've had a tie this season. Uh, rushing yards, we've got the Crocodiles on 207 yards, in power we trust, of course. And then total yards was actually the Borbury Butchers. They were 430 yards, completely balanced, 215 yards rushing and 215 yards passing. And then third down conversion percentage, we've got the Wolverines who came out 5 of 10 at 50%. Defensively, the Crusaders managed to restrict the Eagles to only 15 yards of passing. Uh, sorry, 59 yards of passing. The Butchers restricted the Roosters to 96 yards on the ground, which is, which is great for that Butchers defense. Definitely stood up in that game. And then total yards also, the poor Butchers restricted the Roosters to only 249 yards of offense. And in third down conversion, UNC restricted the Eagles to two of nine which worked out at 22.22%. And that's it for Inside the Numbers this week. And we'll have a look again next week and see what the numbers tell us. Are you looking for quality football apparel and accessories at an affordable price? Rare Athletics is made for players by players. Head over to rare.se and get your drip today. That's R-E-Y-R-R dot S-E. And use code AFF20 to receive 20% off all rare brand products. Stay sharp. So there's plenty of football going on in the world right now. And we want to talk about some of the top stories of football outside of the Maple League. And the focus this week definitely is going to be on the women's football world championships that just happened here in Finland, in Vanta, over the weekend. Um, this last week, they've had, they had what? In seven days, they had 12 games, I think. 12, yeah, yeah. yeah, 12 total games. Um, Sunday, they had the the, la the placement games where everybody pretty much placed for the whole season. So I'll just give you a rundown on those games. In the seventh place game, we had Sweden versus Australia. Australia won that game 7-0. to zero, So that makes them the seventh ranked team in the world, while Sweden is the eighth ranked team. And both of those teams actually played really good defense in that game. Um, I think Sweden played a little bit down to what people thought they were going to be overall in this tournament. But Australia definitely came out and played well. And just they look they look good in that game. And then the next game was the fifth place game where Mexico beat Germany 28 to zero. If you have not seen Team Mexico play, Go on Rutu or AFI, wherever you can find video, even if it's on Instagram, and watch them play. It's magnificent. Those women, they play real football, and their jerseys were the swaggiest. Out of all eight teams, Mexico came with the Aztec blue, uh, red, and I can't remember the colors, like, like red and white. Like, it wasn't, they weren't the Mexico flag colors. Like, they were like, 
Aztec Mexico, like original Mexico colors, not the government colors. And it looks so good. Their helmets were um, like a dark red, I think it was. But like the whole fit, like you go look at it online, look up Team Mexico, swaggish uniforms. And in that game, they they beat Germany soundly, but Germany didn't make it easy for them. Even though they scored 28 points, it didn't just all happen at once. They slowly just started scoring a little bit more and more on Germany. The Germany team was pretty good, too. But Mexico finishes in fifth place and Germany in sixth. And then for the third place game, the bronze medal, Team Finland <laughs> gets the win 19-17 to 17 over Team Canada. And the historical part about this is that Team Canada has never not medaled in world championships in American football. And this was the first time they didn't. They came in fourth while Finland actually comes in third and Finland medals. And Finland has medaled in, I think, every um, international championship they've played in. I could be wrong about that, but I am pretty sure that they have. <laughs> if not um, top three, then maybe they've been fourth a couple times. But for Canada – it's a little humbling for them to be outside the top three for the first time ever. But for Finland, it's one of those things that as I've been watching, you know, the women's Maple League this season, and I've constantly said, hey, they're playing some really good football out there. It's a lot better than what you think is going on. Them beating a the team like Canada, and even when they played USA, they were actually beating Team USA. Ten Was it 10-7? to seven? They were beating them at one point. But, again, Canada and Finland both really good teams, but really proud of Finland doing what they had to do to come in third place in the tournament. The, the championship game, now this is where it gets a little iffy with the podcast here because, you know, uh, Chris Green from Great Britain. <laughs> Me, myself, perfect purpose, I'm from the USA, but I'm a resident of Finland. And I can tell you wholeheartedly that I was not rooting for USA throughout this tournament. I was rooting for Finland the whole time. And that's just how I felt about it. No offense to my home country. I love my home country, but I know the Finnish players. I don't know the USA players like that. It's just It is what it is. But USA is the world champion, and Great Britain did get the silver medal as USA won 42-14. to 14. The halftime score was 14 to 14 and Great Britain did score first. They were leading this game seven to zero at one point. And I think they were up. No, I think USA was up 14, seven and Great Britain tied it before the half. If I'm right, either way, Great Britain did a really good job by hanging with them for as long as they did. Uh, USA did what, what they did against Finland halftime. they made adjustments and I say this without trying to be mean or sound like it's just – I'm just going to say it. The USA coaching staff outcoached everybody they played because they did the same thing with Finland. They just came out with different things that the other coaching staff wasn't able to adjust to as quickly in the second half of these games. And it just shows, like, the, the level that they brought with that coaching staff but also their players were really good. But I didn't see much difference between USA, Great Britain, Finland, and Canada talent-wise. And I think all their players – and Finland had players that have been playing in the USA. And I'm sure Canada probably has too. I don't know exactly if Great Britain had any players playing in the USA, playing in the Women's Alliance or anything. But 
on the field, they all matched up well. I really just think it came down to the coaching. USA coaching was just a little bit better. Um, and talking to, to people out there, I don't even think it was that they were better because they know more or anything. They just seen more football. They've been in more of those situations coaching against different teams, different schemes than I think some of the um, European coaches have been able to do, especially with the national teams being so randomly, not just one cohesive team. But I'm going to give you a chance to talk about uh, your country here, Chris. Uh, what do you think about what this means for Great Britain with them, you know, getting that silver medal? I mean, it's great for them. I believe it's the f- most successful tournament the women have had ever in the world, which is fantastic for Great Britain football. Um, there's a lot of talk around the league as well about participation and trying to get more young girls to play as well. And it's just a few role models for them. You know, when you've got specific players, you know, I don't really know many of them, but one springs to mind and that's Phoebe Schechner. I know, she, I think she's American native, but, you know, she holding it down for GB and doing things. And yeah, I mean, it's just, the future is bright, I think, for football over here in this country. Um, hopefully they can, they can sort it out on the men's side of things as well and get the Great Britain men's team to kind of uh, follow suit to what the women have done because the women have been absolutely fantastic and it's great to see them leading the way at the moment and getting a silver medal was just fantastic. And you could see the how much it meant to those girls as yes. well. Yes. See how the elation from them. And it was just, it was just great to see that, that they were all buzzing and, you know, hats off to them. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of them and I'm, I'm glad they did really well in this tournament. Yeah, one one last thing about this, just one thing that I heard the the Great Britain coach say a lot of times in their interviews was uh, most of the women and even on the men's side, a lot of them only play seven man football or something like that or nine man. I think y'all have out there, but he I think he kept, I think the women saying, is nine man. Yeah, I think he, I'm, he I'm kept, not sure. I don't know much about it, but he kept repeating that they don't normally a lot of their players don't play 11 man. So that was one of the obstacles they had to overcome in this tournament. And for a team that, you know, I've, I've heard about the scatteredness of the football in Great Britain, being able to come and play basically a different sport and compete so well, they did a really good job, both as players and coaching staff. So my hats go off to them. I know I'm not bragging too much on USA, but I mean, it is what it is. Y'all supposed to be good. So I'm not going to talk too much about that, but um. But definitely um, congratulations to the Team USA as well. They did really great. They had some really good players. A quarterback, uh, I want to say Brittany Bushman, and the running back, DeAsia Scott, they really stood out. Those are two awesome players. I, I know they're probably famous on Instagram or something, so that's why I say their name. Maybe they'll tag <laughs> us in this. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, world Women's World Championships, it was awesome. It was a great experience. If you were there and you were representing Finland or helping out or doing any volunteering, you saw how great everything was ran. Um, really good good exposure for Finland, similar to the EU Championships back in 2018. So, personally, all I want to say is that if, if this is the way we do it, Finland – we're going to keep being chosen to be a place that has these type of games. Um, matter of fact, shout out to another Great Britain group, um, X's and O's. They came to Finland for that championship game of Great Britain. And they, I talked to a couple of guys and they loved how, how well organized everything was in Finland. And I, I told them, you know, TIF, this is Finland. Like for good or bad, 
Finland does what it does and it sticks to it. So just a little bit of country pride right there for that whole thing being an international, you know, hub and bringing together everybody to play American football, but also networking and having people meet other cultures from around the world. So like you say, it's good for that to be successful. And the majority of the people that I'm working on it are all volunteers as well. Mm -hmm. So that just, that just speaks like miles. Like that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, think about it guys. They even got perfect purpose come out there. Y'all know I don't come out to stuff. I, I went all the way to Vonta. That's two hours for me. That's not close. That's not like going to Helsinki. Vonta is a little different for me from being in Lati, but it was worth it because it was just a great experience. But that's it for in other news. I think next week we'll start talking about the ELF because they'll get they're getting close to the playoffs. But I want to get more into that next week. So we'll move on today. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFF community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. So we all know the results of last weekend's games. But let's explain which teams won their game and which teams lost their game. And I'll actually concede to Chris this week because I think he's watched these games more intently than I because I was doing the women's world championships. But first game, Butchers versus Roosters. We know who technically won, but how do you feel about that one, Chris? I actually think that the, the Butchers lost this game. I really I really felt that they were in control most of the game. It was a close contested game throughout, but they just made some silly mistakes and they played better football than the Roosters like throughout four quarters. And they had a chance at the end to to make it count and and get the victory. And if if you look at the numbers as well, they completely dominated the Roosters in pretty much every single stat category in that game you know so they it's it's weird that they didn't come out on top when you just look at if you were just someone who was just looking at numbers so i'll just give you a couple here so uh first downs uh the roosters had five in rushing and seven in passing so 12 total whereas the butchers had 13 in rushing nine in passing and one in penalties that's 23 first downs yeah they had yeah, they had more than over 100 yards of rushing than what the Roosters did. They had over 60 yards of passing than what they did. Their offense nearly was 200 yards more in total. When you just look at the numbers, I mean, that just says it all. Like, what, 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 were, the, what were the Butchers doing? Like, how did they not you, come out on top? I'm going to tell you very simply how it, how it happens if you just look at the numbers. I'm going to stick with the numbers like you today. And I want you, I'm looking at their stats right now too, the same like team stats. So I'm like, okay, if they're killing and everything, it makes no sense, right? Look at the last stats. Points off turnovers. Yep. 14 for Roosters, six for Butchers. Yeah. What's the difference in the game? How many what it's one score difference, right? Was it 41, 34? Yeah, yep, seven points, yeah, one score. And you got an eight-point difference in points off of turnovers. That's the difference right there is capitalizing on opportunity and holding on to the ball. 
if a team scores twice off turnovers, that's two turnovers too many. I, I couldn't see exactly where how many turnovers they had, but obviously they had one turnover too many because they lost the turnover battle and the other team won off of points off of turnovers. And I think that's something that you're going to see from the Butchers, and this, is, this was a, a playoff separating game. Yeah, this, this game showed you the difference between the fourth seed and the five seed. Like this was the difference. It's a one score difference, but that's all it takes. We were game talking about this off air as well. We were saying that's twice now these two teams have met, and actually the butchers have probably lost both games because yep. they're not capitalizing in the crunch in the crunch when it really matters. I'm going back to the turnover stat. It was two to one. So the Roosters had two turnovers, a fumble recovery, and an interception. And the Butchers had one interception. So they scored off both of theirs. They only scored off one. Oh, that makes that sense. was a difference. Yeah. And I, I feel like with the with the <laughs> I feel like with the Butchers, they're playing at the the highest like that they can play. I don't I don't blame them for taking this loss and not being able to beat this team. But I do feel like it's one of those situations where it's like, I what else could Brandon Gwinner do? Like He's doing yeah. everything he can, and the team is trying the best they can, but sometimes you just don't have enough to get it done. And that's how the Maple League is. Is If you don't have it, it'll show up in games like this where, I mean, I think on paper they, they match up with the Roosters. They match up well with the Roosters. But like you said, that crunch time and then just knowing when and when not to do certain stuff, those turnovers, those mistakes, that's how it happens. It just takes a little bit of detail, but that's – that's what they are. That's what makes I think, you a, I think, a five. <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah. And I think the best way to describe it is that the butcher's ceiling just ain't high enough. Yeah. And the rooster's ceiling is much higher than the butcher's ceiling, and that's why they're prevailing and they're yep. doing better coming down the stretch. That makes perfect sense. Let's move to the second game. We had the Eagles versus the Crusaders. I mean, what do you, what do you it think was another about close this? It, it was another close game. And right up until the fourth quarter, with about seven minutes to go, I think, it was tied up. Yeah. So it was a real close game, which was what you would expect with the seventh and eighth team in the Maple League. But the Crusaders, they looked like they were in control of that game. And the Crusaders definitely won that game. The Eagles didn't lose it. The Crusaders deserved to win. They played better football. Um, Shane Netter getting it done. They made some awful mistakes and errors at times where they could have gone up by miles. You know, there there was a fumble, I think, when they were on the 20 going in. Uh, they threw the 99-yard pick six as well, where they were in the red zone. Like so, there was some there was some silly mistakes by the Crusaders, but they did. I don't think watching that game, I ever felt that they were going to lose. The Eagles just they don't strike me that they can beat anyone with what they've got. It, just I don't know a, how they're going to win a game. It's really a similar don't. situation to what we just said, but a, a totally different dynamic. The Eagles don't have the talent. They don't have the talent to win. And I, I say that not trying to, you know, talk bad on any of the players that are on their team, but you don't have enough talent. You have a few talented players, while the Crusaders, they have a lot of talent. And I'll say that just to anybody. That there's a lot of ways that this team can both stop you defensively, um, score offensively. A lot of their players can play both ways. They, they have a lot of talent. But as a team organization and cohesion, like you said, they make stupid mistakes. That's come from people not, you know, gelling and understanding how things go. That's what happens. So they'll implode. But against a team like the Eagles, where 
they can out-talent them, they'll get a win like this. And I'm surprised at how well the Crusaders have been able to progress throughout this season. I know we're not talking about the full season. We're just talking about this game. But this game kind of shows it that the fact that, you know, they started off with a pick six and then they battled their way back and you never really felt like they were going to lose. I feel like earlier in the season, I would have been nervous about that. I would have been like, I don't know. This team is, you know, sketchy. But we kind of feel now that, you know, they have a, a decent team. They might not get any wins against any of the other teams in this league because they just don't have enough to to battle them. But they're going to scare them. They're going to have to take them a little bit more seriously than you do the Eagles. And that's kind of what they did against the Eagles, where they said, hey, we're still a big boy team. Even though we'll give you a head start, we're a big boy team and we're going to win this game. So it was really good to see them make that progression so far this season. And for mm-hmm. the Eagles, like you said, I don't see them winning a game. That's that's tough. I mean, and, and how, if you look back to preseason when we were talking about the Eagles. We had a playoff. We had them at four. We had them yeah. at four. What were yeah. we thinking? <laughs> well, well, honestly, we were thinking that – I mean, I was thinking. I don't know what you were thinking, but I was thinking that they were coming in with a very similar formula to what the Roosters and the Steelers did yeah. with having homegrown players. But what I honestly didn't understand was that they weren't going to get enough out-of-town players and that they weren't going to ha- – their homegrown players weren't going to be able to step up to the challenge. That's all I've seen this year is that their their core players are not they're they're not they're not being good role role, role players you know yeah. Anderson is the best thing they have and that's I mean there's no help there like that that's it the I, new, I also the new think quarterback it, is pretty good too though yeah like he's him. all right yeah he nice I I also think it highlights the the gap between Division One and the Maple League is actually bigger than we think it is. Because how good and dominant were the? And you, you're probably going to disagree with me slightly on this, but how how good were the Eagles when they were in Division One? But actually, they've now stepped up. They're not pulling their weight. But then, if you do look back at what the Steelers did, you know they did it the right way. And like you said, they got more out of town players and better high quality players. So that was I. I agree that I agree that the the gap is larger now than when the Steelers came up. Yeah, I agree. Because like when the Steelers, the Wolverines, when they came up, the gap was not nearly as different. Like the top teams in division one could do it. Now the gap I feel is much larger, like you said, but I also feel like a team like the Eagles, if they played in division one this year, they wouldn't win it. No, I don't think they, they, I don't think they'd be Tampa or Wausau. They definitely wouldn't beat Vasa. I think it would be a yeah. close game with Tampa. So but, I think yeah. they – I mean, them moving up was similar to when UNC moved up. You get the right year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You get right. the right year. Because mm-hmm. both of those teams, I don't think, if you put them in Division One and take away imports, that they would be competitive right now with the core players they have. Uh, of course, we're digressing here, so I won't talk about it too much, but – <laughs> like you said, like you said, the Crusaders won that game. So let's go. Let's go to the third game, the final game, the the game we actually care about this week. Let's be honest. Oh, Wolverines versus Crocodiles. What again? I'm gonna, I'm gonna concede to you, Chris. What are your thoughts, man? I I, I think we should both have an opinion on this, and, okay. I, and I'm I'm gonna go first, and I'm gonna say I think the Wolverines lost this game because they had chances to put the game away 
and they didn't do it at the times. And I also think that on offense, they are not using their players the right way. I would say, I don't know. I, I want to say the same, but I don't want to just continue to be a Wolverine hater. You know, I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to broaden my horizons out here. I, but I, it's just really hard to say that anytime the Wolverines lose, that they don't lose. Because we've looked at that roster, we've looked at the players. They they have easily the, the in my opinion, second best team in the league. On Based paper, on yeah. purely purely mm. on paper. And some people might say first, but we gotta be honest, that secondary is not doing any anybody any favors. And I don't want to say specifically any players, but as a whole, it's not working. So I again they they're probably lost, but I want to give due respect to the crocodiles. Let's yep. not let's not ignore what the crocodiles did in this game. The crocodiles have continued to run a balanced offense, like we said before the season they needed to do, yep. but yet they've still heavily favored, you know, Impala we trust. You've seen hey. it on the, the, the go-ahead touchdown, they fake a handoff to him and no one guards him, and he just slips out the back. And I'm like, that's stupid, but that's I mean, it's Christian Paul. Obviously, you make a play like that. Even when the Wolverines got an interception in that game, it was in the back of the end zone. When Whitehead threw it up, he was throwing to Christian Powell. Like, he's in the offense. He threw a touchdown. Not a touchdown, but he threw a pass for, like, 20-some yards. He does yeah. this every year. He hey, throws a couple that, was, passes. that was on some scrambled, scrambled oh, but, play, man. That, but if that's, you watched it, it but that's Christian Powell. Whitehead. But that's <laughs> and Christian Powell. And it rolled Powell. along the floor. Yeah. And he picked it up and just launched it. <laughs> That, that's Christian Powell, like doing what Christian Powell does. Yeah, man. And, and that's that's credit, I think, to the Crocodiles on being a team that knows who they are and know what they're good at. But also they they mix it up this year. I like seeing Whitehead run the option with them. They do a little bit more misdirection so that when Powell gets the ball, it's not just a handoff and then run. You know, they did some draws that were really unique and interesting. But yeah, there was a, a really good play action play action touchdown pass that they got as well where all the Wolverine secondary just bit down and he could have I think Whitehead could have threw the two receivers they were both like wide open down the field and that just tells us more about the difference in these two teams where everybody's thinking the Wolverines are obviously number two but the Crocodiles are a team that they knew how and now we're gonna we're getting real nitpicky but I think they out they out scheme the Wolverines I don't think they have a better team. I think they out-schemed them. I think they they know what the Wolverines are good and bad at, and they use that against them in this game. And I don't mm-hmm. see the Wolverines doing that on any side of the ball. Um, offensively, and, and I said it outside the, outside the podcast when we were talking in the group, I've been gone for a couple of weeks, so I've been watching games here and there. Obviously, I haven't been intently watching every single game, but what I saw from the Wolverines is has any, nothing has changed. No, nope. the offensive line still can't block. Jabari is running for his life on every pass play. When they have a run play, Will um, Will Will Young is getting tackled as soon as he gets the football because their offensive linemen don't know how to drive block. They can pass it for like a second and a half, and then they get beat, or they can just turn right and let you beat them on a run play. Either way, you're getting no protection up front, and then the offense doesn't do anything about it. If you're not going to teach your players how to block better, which is what a coach should do, at least have a scheme that protects the people that have to get the ball. You have Sebastian Sane just getting old. Sebastian Sane is the best receiver in the league right now. 
Hands down. I don't care what anybody say. He's the best receiver in the league right now, and he's underutilized because his quarterback can't get him the ball consistently because he's running for his life half the time when it's a pass play. And you saw in this game, when Sanye was was able to get the ball, shit happened. Yep. He made big plays. Even at the end of the game, you thought, well, you know, if Sanye gets his hand on that in the end zone, well, he's going to win this thing. He yeah. off his back as well. Yeah, it's like everybody was holding their breath, like, the fact that this team has that kind of ability, and that's me not even mentioning, you know, R.J. Long, Will Young, who's, all, again, underutilized, and then Curtis Slater comes in sometimes. He could add a touchdown if, the, if things went differently in this game. Yes, all this talent, all this skill, and these are experienced players. These aren't, like, young, raw talent. These are players that know how to play, and this offense does nothing with them. They don't put up any points. In this game, how many points did they score? Was it like 19? 20? Uh, 20, 20. 20. 20 three touchdowns. And that's that's three touchdowns after they were down like 19 to 7 or something. So they had to score. That's when they decided to score. And there's just that's the the that's the feel you get from the Wolverines team is that they're not gonna do anything unless you make them. Yeah. If it's if it's if it's easy, they'll take it. But if you if they don't have to do something, they won't. Yeah, the Wolverines also missed two field goals in this game as well. So, again, that's a big difference on the scoreboard. I, I still don't know with these European teams. Me, as a, as a coach, like, it's such a niche skill, like, long snapping. Like, if you haven't got someone in your team that can do it well and you haven't got a decent kicker, like, you almost, when you go for extra points, well, you almost don't want to bother kicking it. Just go for two. Because if you get 50% of them, that's still as good as kicking once. Like it's it's very niche and a lot of things can go wrong with a field goal, I think. And I just I'm 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 kind of on the side of I probably wouldn't kick field goals unless it's like you need three points to win the game. Like, you know, what I mean? is, like it's, it's this tough. is how I this is how I feel about field goals. First of all, I've been watching the, the kicks all season. The best kicker in the league is actually um, on the crocodiles. So that's pretty great. You'll notice when they kick off, it's a touchback automatic. It don't go anywhere else. It's a touchback automatic. But the Wolverines got the same issue they always have on special teams. First thing is, if you are kicking field goals to win games, your offense is not good. Their offense mm-hmm. should never not be good. That's the first problem. Why you? They should never attempt a field goal ever outside of extra point. Second Me thing too. is, yeah. Second thing is, this is a team that they have a dedicated kicker and a dedicated punter. And I know in this last game, I think the punter actually had to do the kicking. Yeah, he did. But, yeah. yeah, so that, that gives you a little bit. But like you said, you should also have a deep snapper. You should have some a dedicated three people that know how to do this. Snap, hold, kick, snap, hold, kick. And you shouldn't have to worry about it being blocked or how fast it goes. If you have a good snapper, a holder, and a kicker, you'll get it off every time. But for some reason, I feel – I don't know. I'm not on the team, but I feel like they don't practice this shit. Like there's no way they practice it because it's been their downfall for the last like three years. Like it, it's one of those things where, oh, well, we have a kicker, so we don't have to practice it. Well, maybe you should. Maybe you should. But again, my my thought would always be maybe you get enough yards and you don't have to kick field goals. <laughs> you you have legitimately one of the best athletes on your team and Jabari Harris. And you don't use him until you start losing. 
Like the the way that they were down two touchdowns and came back in this game shows you that they should have been up two touchdowns. But the fact that they weren't is again that offense just not having any identity of what they want to do or what they want to get accomplished. And there's no rhyme or reason to what they do. And again, I'm bad mouthing the Wolverines. I just, I'm trying not to do it so much, guys. I'm trying not to do it so much, but I gotta keep it 100 with you. This team is underperforming, and we know this. And this game was evident of why they might not be in the Maple Bowl. It the the Crocodiles look like a better team. Like they they run they play as a team, both offensively and defensively. Not to mention, uh, Wolverine's secondary is horrendous. Still, uh, congratulations, Darius Lewis, on you know coming over to Finland. I haven't got to chop it up with my guy yet, but. That don't make their secondary no better. I, no, not I'm not. That's not a. That's not a dig at him. I'm saying as a whole co- cohesive unit, their pass defense just doesn't do well. And I think it's communication between the players and the coaches. There, there has to be some issue. Here's a question for you then: If yeah. you were in the Wolverines, okay, <laughs> would you move Coach Mattingly to the defense? And then maybe have Jabari as an OC player or get a new offensive coordinator in because something's not right with that offense. Whoa, whoa. You, you, oh, we're not even, the season's not even over yet. And you want me to just throw them, throw people under the bus? Hey, that's not throwing under the bus. That's, that's a genuine you to, question. Like, you what's want your me to opinion? play GM in the middle of the season? In the middle <laughs> of the season? Well, so we, we keep saying the offense is not working and it, it's not the, I don't think it's the players. I don't think the players are getting used yeah. in the right way. Yeah, they're not. I mean, that's what everyone's saying. I mean, that's not a secret. Um, I guess if it was up to me, I don't know. I mean, that's a tough call. I mean, Mike's the head coach. I mean, he's making the decisions. I would feel weird moving him to D.C., but also, I mean, obviously he has to be doing some type of oversight on the defense. But again, I don't think the defense is bad. I think they have a good defense. You're keeping teams under 25 points in the game. That's not bad defense. Like their defense isn't the problem. Like the secondary gives up some points, and I I don't like that. You know that that pass play that that was the go ahead touchdown. That's more on the linebackers not seeing that it was a fake to him and then staying with him or something, or maybe the backside corner or something. I don't know what coverage they were in. That happens, and I'm okay with that defensively. I feel like their defense is okay. It's not great, but it's okay. And I think in the Maple League, you can win with okay defense. Uh, I I do think they miss having Ville on the defensive line because I think that they're they're one guy away. I think their D-line is still really good with everyone they have, but one guy away from being dominant, which would make up for the the secondary being a little bit of a wishy-washy. But what I would do is – I would get to work on the offense. I would just work harder. I don't know. Um, I don't know about bringing in someone else or trying to do something new. I feel like they they have an idea, but when games start going, that's when things go apart. I feel like they definitely have a game plan. Like, I don't think yeah. they're dumb, but I think once the game starts, their game plan doesn't adapt the way that you would want an offense to adapt throughout the game. Yeah, for me, for me looking at it, like, I've been an OC before for my one of my university teams, uh, one of the university teams in the UK. And th- the thing that I take from the offensive play calling with the Wolverines is that it seems to be everything is like a 20, 30-yard-plus throw. 
Wow, you're right. Where's the underneath stuff? Where's the intermediate stuff? Where's the quick hits? Where's the, you know, like the bubble screens? Where are the now screens? Where are the, the levels? Where are the crossing plays? Like something just to get going, just to get completions. And like you say, the offensive line, they can only give Jabari like, what, two seconds before there's a guy in a backfield? Get the ball out of his hands quick. Wow. Get that those is, quick, quick, yeah, quick intermediate. Quick, quick game. I'm, I'm seeing you know I mean? no quick game. And that's crazy. Like you said, like, because I was, this is something I meant to say in the podcast and forgot, but quick game. There's no quick game, and their play action is based on a run game that doesn't run well. So, like you said, you have those 30-yard plays where Jamari has to fake a handoff, step back, take a three-step drop, and then look, and he's already getting pressure. And then when he has to move, it takes away his reads because he can only do so much once he starts rolling and depends if he rolls the right way. Again, I agree with the the quick game. I, have you seen any quick game from this team? No, nothing in this game. I think Jabari threw nine completions this game, and I bet you, without looking at the stats, every single one of them was over 20, 20 25 yards. Had to be because he asked there was like, nothing. There was nothing short. There was nothing short. There was nothing intermediate. It was yeah, all deep shots. That's interesting. That's one of those things that I feel like. I mean. You have all the talent in the world, but if you can't make that type of adjustment, then, I mean, what are you guys really doing? Because that's something that I, I – Jabari has a quicker release than he had three years ago. I've watched him intently. He can he can throw quick game now. When he actually – I think the first time he played with the Wolverines, his, he didn't throw very quick. So I always felt like it was weird to have him in that air raid offense. But he's changed his release a little bit. He can get it out. So yeah. why not get it out? I don't know. Again, we're beating a, a dead horse on the Wolverines. <laughs> They're still the number three team in the league, so, you know, yeah. big ups to that. I I mean, if that's what you want to be. <laughs> Before we move on, though, can I just say yeah, that's one, guy, one guy on the Crocodiles. So I've not mentioned the Crocodiles really much, and I'm not giving them their props there. One guy on the Crocodiles that's on their defense that is causing absolute havoc and issues for every single team he plays. And you know I'm going to say it's yeah, Emmett Gooden. I know Gooden. who it is. Yeah, yeah. Gooden. Big boy Emmett Gooden is just causing havoc on that front front line. Like, he is ridiculous, and so he should be. Like, with the talent and the, the where he's played and, and how good he is. It, it doesn't always go on the stat sheet, but yeah, the stuff he does when he takes double teams, sometimes even triple teams, like, he, he's, he's putting in that work. And... It's great for their defense. You know what? Let's give Crocodiles some flowers, too. We spent all this time talking about the Wolverines. Forget that. Crocodiles, I want to talk about some more of the defensive players. First, shout out to number 43, Yuhani Kovamaki, playing linebacker this year. Um, he's a little bit older guy, but he's still got a motor. For a minute. <laughs> he's, he's still got a motor. That 43 is everywhere. Was it this game? No, it was a couple of weeks ago. I think he almost had like an awesome pick where he just extended his body somewhere. I was like, that's crazy because he, he's still got a motor and he's still the heart of that defense. And now they moved him down to linebacker, which is another interesting thing is that um, Yaska Vadanen is now playing like nickelback outside linebacker instead of playing in the box with Sedu. I think that's really interesting. It's one of the slight moves that, I think overall in the Maple League, people haven't noticed. But you move the safety to linebacker and a linebacker to DB. Like you flip those two guys and it's made their defense more versatile. Because I didn't, I never thought of Yaska as a 
you know, nickelbacker type of guy, but he does a hell of a job on those inside um, slot receivers on every team they play. And even against the Wolverines, that might've been one of the reasons they don't run a quick game. Cause you have someone like him out there that can pretty much take away that inside and short stuff from that number two receiver or number three, depending on where he's lined up. But I think this crocodile's defense is also very good. I would, I would compare the crocodiles and the Wolverines defenses to being, you know, two and two a in the league the two or two a and two b however you say that you know like they're i would take either one of these defenses and say okay we can rock with this but i think the crocodiles defense doesn't get the love and respect that it needs compared to maybe the wolverines and some other defenses out there who else can i give flowers to uh well i already said christian paul you know he is what he is also zach whitehead um coming back from the injury I think last year we didn't get to see a lot of him. This year he's proven to be everything you want from a quarterback, throwing, running, being able to manage the game when you need him to. Like he's he's made plays that you didn't think he could make or I didn't mm. think he could make. And it's really good to see him working at, on a high level and the offense is still clicking. Sarkala brothers doing y'all's thing. Love watching them two big guys make plays. Uh, even against the, the Wolverines, not as many big plays as you would like, but – still they had to be covered, you know. The Wolverines still had to go and bring in their imports to play corner and DB and whatever situation they got going because the Crocodiles actually have receivers unlike a lot of teams out here. So just want to give some flowers to the Crocodiles, man. Yeah, I know man. we talk about the Wolverines a lot, but the Crocodiles, they deserve this win, even though Wolverines lost it. <laughs> uh, they deserve this win. They deserve to be seen as the number two team. From this point on, they will be considered the number two team. So that's good to see. And just wanted to make sure you guys know that we're watching y'all and we appreciate everything y'all are doing out there in Sinayoki. That'll be it. <laughs>
All right, so the second game, we got the UNC Crusaders versus the Porvoo Butchers. Who you got a question for on that one? I'm going to say the Crusaders. Can you use this momentum that you got this week and turn over the Butchers and cause an upset this week? I'm going to ask the same question to the Butchers. Can you put your foot on their neck? <laughs> and you put up 50. I mean, I mean, that's a little much in this matchup. I think – I. I can say this. I respect the Crusaders defense a little bit too much to say you're going to put up 50, but I do want to know if you can beat them soundly. The Butchers are a better team. The Butchers should win the game. How they win the game will determine how the rest of their season is going to go. If they struggle with this team, then we can say, you know, that Roosters lost. That's a, that's a breaking point, you know, from there, their heads down thinking, well, we don't have a shot at playoffs. But if they can come out, respawn, do what they need to do against Crusaders, they're letting everybody know that they're going to fight till the end. And so we really want to see, do you have any fight left in you? And will you like not let this be one of those trap games where it's closer than it should be? Mm, I think mathematically, I don't know if they actually can make the playoffs now. I know they've got the Crocodiles last game of the season. Yeah, Maybe, maybe if they I... beat them, they might sneak in, but I, I don't think they, they can actually make the playoffs now. So I guess Hold how on. do they... Let me, let me look at the stats then, because I want to make sure. I don't want to just be out here telling y'all stuff, man. So they they might be out-out. If they're out-out, then it's all about pride. Mm. You play for pride. Oh, yeah, they're two games down. They only have three games left. Yeah, And they've got to play the Steelers the Cro- and the Crocs after this week. So I don't think they've got any hopes of getting in the playoffs, unfortunately. Sorry, Butchers, but I mean I think you get it done. But mathematically you're not out. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Cause you're you're at six. If you go six and six, you just need the Wolverines or the Roosters to lose some games in the end, which depending on the Eagles, that might not help you. But I'm still gonna give it to you. This game you still have to win. Your moment now that you lost that game to the Roosters, your mindset is I have to win out. So how you play against the Crusaders will show us if you still have that mindset. If you barely beat the Crusaders, then you're, you know, you're saying, okay, the next two games we're not going to win. So we'll just cruise it on. So let, let's just hope that you guys can finish strong. That's my question. Can you finish strong? Last game, game we actually care about. <laughs> Crocodiles versus the Steelers. Ooh-wee. Ah, oh, that's a Saturday game too, huh? Oh yeah, that's a good one. I think it's in Sunayoki too. Who you got a question for? It is in Sunayoki. Uh, I'm going to ask the same question I asked last game when these two met, and that is, Christian Powell, can you outplay Lee Anthony Reasonover? You didn't last time. Can you do it this time? Because I think that is the key to the Crocodiles' key to victory. If they're going to beat the Steelers, you need CP15 to outplay Reasonover. Okay, that makes sense. Hold on, let me look at this schedule. I need to look at the schedule because I feel like I'm I'm missing something here. I feel like I haven't. I mean, I'm just gonna look at the schedule for a second. Yeah, so I'm right. It's been two weeks since the Steelers played. One week and then, so they had this whole last week off. That was like I was like I haven't seen the Steelers play in a in a pretty long time. So my question to the Steelers would be. Can you knock the rust off? And by that, obviously, I mean you guys haven't played a competitive game in a while. 
in this month so far, and it'll be what the fourteenth when you play now. And last time you played was on the thirtieth, so it's been two 13th. weeks. Thirteenth. The last time you played was on the thirtieth, so it's been a good two weeks. You obviously you've had a bye week. People probably you know spent some time with the family, maybe went on a holiday, did some traveling. I ain't gonna say what I've seen on Instagram. That's your business. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so my question would always be like, can you can you knock the rock the rust off? Can you make sure that you guys come out fresh? The Steelers, the not the Steelers, the Crocodiles just played in a very competitive game. Mm. And I mean, I don't think they took any physical losses. I'm not sure, but I don't think they had any injuries. So they might not be as fresh, but they are a little sharper football wise. Like they've been in a competitive environment. It's not just practice. So that might be an advantage they have over the Steelers in this game. Steelers can watch all the film they want. That don't change stuff on the field. So my question to these guys would definitely have to be, can you knock the rust off and come out and play, you know, undefeated football because the history has told us that the Steelers are are due for a loss they're they're due for a loss I don't know if they've ever done a a um undefeated season have they I'm not sure I could division I one maybe but not Maple League I don't think oh not not division one I was there when they was in division one yeah they lost the first game and then they won the rest of them mm. but I, I do know that the times they've won, they they've been a team that. Oh loses. yeah, that was that that was when we played together. <laughs> yeah, you played us that first game. Yeah, I beat them that one yeah. time. You I only, didn't because I was on took, the team then. <laughs> yeah, you only took L's once you joined the team with us. For that. You only took L's then. But um, getting back to the Maple League, they've they've been a, a top team before and they've won, but always took an L. And I want to say the last time they took an L was to the Crocodile. I or maybe the first time they took an L in the season was to the crocodiles. I do remember the crocodiles upsetting them either last year or the year before, and everybody going crazy. So it's not too far fetched, and they're playing in Senegoki. This is a perfect time for Steelers to lose. So my question is always going to be, you know, can you knock the rust off and not take this L that the season, the schedule kind of set up for you? If you look at the schedule, this is a perfect time for the Steelers to lose because it won't hurt them. But also, it will give the Crocodiles an immense amount of confidence if they are able to upset the Steelers and win this game a couple of weeks before the playoffs. So that's all the tough questions. Look good, play good. It's as simple as that. Array Athletics will help you look good in their fully customizable team uniforms. Made by players for players. Ray Athletics produces high-quality uniforms for teams all over Europe. Rare also allows teams to design custom apparel for comfortable travel and workout purposes. Visit rare.se today to take your team to the next level. Stay sharp. Okay, so Maple League teams are back in action on Thursday with the Eagles versus Roosters. Then the Crusaders and Butchers play on Friday with the Crocodiles and Steelers as the final game on Saturday. Our panel of football enthusiasts, We'll pick winners for this week's game on our Instagram account at American Football in Finland. Feel free to find us in the comments with your thoughts. Right now, our rankings are in first place. Who number one? Chris Who number Green, one? <laughs> 30 and three. And then in second is Finland Swami, who's 29 and four. And then Spence is in third at 28 and five. And I'm tied for last with Q at 27 and six. 
Now, before we even move on, I'll let y'all know. Some of these picks I've been making have just been for parody, okay? Uh. Like, <laughs> now, this, this last game, this last game when I picked the Wolverines to win, I thought they were going to win. That's legit. But there was one week where I think I was the only one that picked the Crocs or something, and I just didn't want everybody to have the same picks. That was the only reason. No offense to the Crocs, but I didn't think they were going – was it – were they playing the Steelers? I don't know. Whoever, but – you know, Spencer usually picks the Crocs so every time they play. Yeah, Spencer usually picks some weird ones, but I feel like even at 27 and 6, some of these games, I mean, the first game of the season with the Crocs and the Butchers, who who would have knew how that was going to shake out? And then you got this last, the two games that the Crocs and the Wolverines played, both have been less than a touchdown difference. So that could have went either way. I got both of them wrong. I picked the Crocs for the first one. They lost. I picked the Wolverines for the second <laughs> one. They lost. <laughs> oh, so. That... Oh, man. I, I almost picked the Crocs this week, and I, I picked the Wolverines. I messaged Jabari. I was like, Jabari, don't let me down, bro. And he, he messaged me after the game. was just like, sorry, bro. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Now, these pick are hard, though, because some of these matchups are just not. I mean, you, you just want a team to win sometimes. But I still feel like we got a pretty good group. 30 and three is first, 27 and six is last. Only problem is a lot of these games, we're all picking the same one. So it's a little difficult. But, you know, you can still find us in the comments, guys. All right. That's it for this episode of American Football in Finland. Hope it was worth the listen. Any last words before we get out of here, man? Oh, we're getting down to the business end of the season now. It's time to the teams to show up and start showing who's going to be the top four and make the playoffs. You know, you got to be playing your best football now. We're at the business end. Let's go get it. Yeah, it's only what a month three. left. Yeah, three, three weeks to go. Three weeks and well, like, three weeks of regular season and then playoffs. Yeah, and then the two weeks of playoffs. So yeah, five weeks. Okay, it's like middle of August now. Championships like the tenth of September. Yeah, tenth. Yeah, tenth. It's still only like thirty days, forty days, or whatever total. Can't be more than that. I'm not good at math, but very excited to see how the the end of the season goes. Um, I think outside. We talked about it earlier. You know, the butchers probably are eliminated, which means we know who the four are going to be. Um, with the with the fourth team, most likely, we think it's going to be the the roosters. But I feel like the Wolverines could slide. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> like the Wolverines could slide, and then you have um, Steelers and the Crocodiles. But again, with those, they're about to play this weekend that could change the landscape of things. Um, a, a win by the Crocodiles could ensure, you know, the number two seed, but also a lose by the Crocodiles, a loss by the Crocodiles could maybe put them in a situation where maybe they're the three seed, which I don't think it, it matters too much to them, but home field advantage, you don't want to play in Copio and you do not want to play in Sineoki. Those just two places I don't feel comfortable with the away team coming into the playoffs and winning. Yeah, well, c- currently as it stands, Steelers are one. Yeah, Crocodiles are two, Roosters are three, and Wolverines are four at the moment. Well, that, that what's so interesting about that is you know you got these two Helsinki teams. Nobody's afraid to go to the Velodrome. 
<laughs> like it's it's a shit field, but nobody's afraid to go there. Like neither one of those teams at home makes another team feel like, oh man, we have to go to Helsinki. Like, oh, I love going to Helsinki. Have a good time and beat this team. Yeah, I'm talking about both of them. <laughs> it don't matter which one. So I think for the Helsinki teams, these last couple of weeks, they're all both going to be trying to you know improve their seeding somehow. I would think with the Helsinki teams that being the three seed is better than being the four seed. I I, I wouldn't want to go to Quopio, but I definitely, well, I definitely don't want to go to Quopio. I guess you can go to Sinioki, but you definitely don't want to go to Quopio. Oh. It, it's not near anything. It's not even, no offense, Quopio. It's not even fun to go to. So, like, after the game's over, you just want to go home, which is still a long ride. At least in like Sinioki, you can you know, maybe stay a couple days, maybe, maybe even go to Vasa. You know, you can hang out in that area. It's a nice little spot. Copio, I don't feel the same. I mean, Copio, obviously, if you're listening from Copio, you're gonna say differently, but I don't care. That's just how I feel about it. It's not a, it's not a place you want to visit often. <laughs> so, it is what it is. We're back, baby. I know I've done a lot of trash talking today, guys. I was just trying to get back in the groove of things. Just so, catching up on lost time, man. <laughs> yeah, just trying to get back in the flow, man. Just trying to get back into doing what we do, guys. You'll see a lot more of us this week, and we'll be back at it every week, every Wednesday from here on out. We're going to make it happen. Uh, if I if we don't make it every Wednesday for the rest of the season, that's because I died, okay? I promise you that. That's what I could tell you. So if you enjoy the show – Please follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to rate us five stars as well. Anything anything less tells us that you are a hater. You can follow us on the gram and Facebook at American Football in Finland. Also, by following us on all channels, you'll have a chance to win football merch provided by our sponsors at Rayer Athletics. At Rayer Athletics. Be sure to follow the instructions in the episode description below. Until next time. Never forget T I S. We go. We go. American football in Finland.